writers, agents, and publishers, for the first time since the Gutenberg Press, find themselves lost in a maze of mystery as technology alters the shape of the publishing industry. Searching for Answers is a group of writers throwing pop culture, writing, and publishing into a crucible of clarity, passion, and humor. This group is the Right Pack. In this episode, the Right Pack is going to explore how to promote yourself in your work, because, of course, no one else is going to do it for you. With us this week, we are going to actually have two of two special guests who we consider to be gurus in this area. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Right Pack Radio. This is your host and producer, David Allen Lucas, author of Crazy Things. Yes, I'm still in competition with my wife on getting this first draft done, but now the Gateway Con is done based on when this airs. Hopefully, I have actually made progress past getting the plot. I will say, in the past, at this exact moment, you know, way back in the past, I am ahead. Yes. By the time this airs, who knows? Place your bets on the Facebook page. Yeah. Yes, there you go. I like that idea. Um, Author of Crazy Things, president of Winding Trails Media, president of St. Louis Writers Guild, martial arts instructor, and God, I've got enough hats. I think I should have a hat rack by now. And with me today is... Hi, I'm Kathleen Cayembe. I write speculative fiction and romance under pen name Kaseka Nvita. Um, you can find my fantasy stories in uh, Lightspeed and Nightmare magazines and the best science fiction fantasy of the year volume 12. And um, I will be at ReaderCon in July because my novelette, You Will Always Have Family, a Triptych, has been nominated for a Sherwood Jackson Award. And it's our lovely co-host, and also with us today is... Uh, hi, I'm Chanel Etienne. I am... Let's see. I write stuff, including <laughs> including speculative fiction and literary fiction when I'm feeling particularly angsty or full of myself. And speaking of angsty, we know that within, by the time this airs, not as of when we're recording, you are going to be disappearing out of St. Louis very soon. Yes. But you will be on Right Pack Radio. Yes, I will. Unless, you're, unless your homework pre- prevents it. Yes. For those who are missing it, she's been... Where are you going and why? <laughs> I was accepted to the MFA program at the University of New Orleans for creative writing. Yay! Yay. Also with us today is the Sky Pirate Captain whatever (laughs) of Steampunk. I'll take it. (laughs) Yes, I am Brad R. Cook. I am the author of The Iron Chronicles. And uh, since this is July, uh, you can check out uh, my latest short story, which the title is eluding me at the moment. But it's Mm -hmm. on, uh, you can find it on my website, bradrcook.com. You can also uh, check out later this year, Tales of the Gearblade will be coming out in print. And with us coming from Hannibal, Missouri, is... <coughs> oh, I'm sorry, I did miss two people. Wow. Someone's sleeping on the couch today. Yes, definitely. <laughs> First off is my competition and wife. <laughs> Hi, I'm Melanie Lucas. I am currently working on a first draft of a fantasy novel. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, like I said, I am currently technically ahead, but, you know... My, uh, I have a lot less writing time than this guy, so his problem isn't the number of words he puts out, it's that he keeps changing things, so yes. we'll see who wins. <laughs> yeah, and you're, and you're published in scientific papers. Well, yes, under a different name, but yes. yes. <laughs> uh, my name is Jennifer Stolzer, I'm a children's book author and illustrator, I have a head cold, 
why I sound like I'm speaking to you from underwater. I apologize for that. Um, I am I have a fantasy novel that's available on Amazon and locally to the St. Louis area at Main Street Books and the Novel Neighbor. It's called Threadcaster. Check it out. There will be a Threadcaster. I call it a bonus disc. But it is an anthology of short stories and some deleted scenes and concept stuff that will be coming out in September. So take keep an eye out for that and make sure you read Threadcaster so you're up to date on the canon. There you go. You can find it on Amazon. And also I do picture books including Dog Park and Dog Park Sequel, which was supposed to be out by now but is not. But we'll do our best. You know, it might be out by the time this airs. It might be, if yeah. God is willing. Yep. And you're also working on a comic book, I understand. I actually just turned in, here in the past, I just turned in <laughs> my final art for uh, a Sentinels comic with Van Allen Plexico. And the way the comics work, uh, I do the pencils, and so it passes on to someone else to do the lines, it passes on to someone else to do the colors. So my portion of it is over, Yay. and it's now moved on to the next ladder, headed up toward publication, I'll let you all know when that comes out, when I know when that comes out. And if you're not familiar with her work and you like science fiction, you can find Babylon 6. Babylon 6. Which is a fan comic out there on the internet. You can get a full idea of how she writes as well as It's a fan comic for... We're gonna, I'm just going to play everything. You got I it. I'm trying to. Uh, it's fan comic for the expertly written Babylon 5 by J. Michael Straczynski, which is available free streaming for Prime members. <laughs> Right now! Yes. So, we've heard to talk about it enough. Go watch it, finally. Do yourself a favor. Yes, and I'm the one who who got her addicted to that. I claim that responsibility as your as your um, enabler on it. And with this uh, with us today also is Ryan Freeman. Ryan. Hello, uh, I am Ryan P. Freeman. I write fantasy. Um, I am also the founder of the Hammer Writers Guild. Uh, so, currently I have uh, Rainspell, which is... Uh, epic high fantasy. If that's your 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 jigs, where you need to stop the door open, that will also double as that. Um, I have a novella, The Great Island Tale, which is all out. It's also an illustrated version. Uh, it's super awesome. But I think uh, there's a short story, The Trombones of Months, which uh, will very soon, hopefully by the time this is out, uh, uh, be have an illustrated and coloring book done by uh, the aforementioned Jennifer Stolzer. Uh, thank you for that. Um, and I also offer author services, um, so marketing, uh, content editing, uh, help with indie publishing process, stuff like that. And, um, yeah, you can check out all my stuff at ryanpframing.com. Excellent. And with us today, as you heard at the beginning of this, we have two very special guests. They are, I think personally, probably some of the best gurus out there on self-promotion. I'm going to go ladies first. I'm going to introduce first the one and only, I'll let you, LaShonda Hoffman, who, you know, in the business world, you hear the term social butterfly, usually has a bad sound. No. <laughs> she knows how to make social butterfly work. Go for it. Hello, I'm LaShonda Hoffman. I am the publisher of Shades and Romance magazines. That's how I got into promotion. I also pre uh, published my first book in 2015, Building Online Relationships One Reader at a Time. And I do help create social butterflies. Yes, you do. <laughs> and also with us is a man who is spearheading the empowered artist movement, definitely in St. Louis, if not beyond St. Louis. I know, really, beyond St. Louis. Mm -hmm. um, I've been on a couple of your calls, and I've even heard people from way overseas. So, oh, yeah. uh, 
And he's also returning to Right Pack Radio. So who are you? My name is Bob Baker, and I'm happy to be one of the two gurus here. I know you can't <laughs> see us, but we're both wearing very elaborate robes. They come as Jedi to display our, our uh, guru status. Um, I describe myself as a creative entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. I'm self-employed in the arts. The primary way that I make a living is uh, for, for well, 20, 25 years, I've been publishing books and resources that basically... Uh, provide marketing and career advice for musicians, for writers, for well, cre- creative folks of all types. Um, and uh, lately I've been doing it. So, yeah, that comes in the form of paper books and ebooks and audiobooks, online courses, live workshops. And this year I've actually been ramping up my, I've been working a lot more one on one and coaching and consulting capacity with a, 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 a small uh, handful of uh, artists. And that's very enjoyable. And, uh, and also I'm a musician, I do some visual art, and I also uh, teach and perform improv comedy. So it's a, a life richly uh, immersed in the arts, creativity. Yeah, two yes. pat racks in the room. <laughs> 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 okay, and... Whoa there, Ryan. Ryan. You can see with, with your microphone. Sim- Simmer down there. Ryan just exploded. <laughs> yes, Ryan just exploded with his excitement. Um, on May 27th, Right Pack Radio aired Why Must I Sell My, sell my Work? Um, because, of course, being involved in writing groups... We always hear, if I had a dime for every single one, I'd have a mansion. Why do I have to go out there and sell all my work? Why do I have to do the promoting? I just want to write. That's nice if you want to make it a hobby. If you actually want money from it, you got to get out there. I don't care if you're Stephen King on down. That's a fact. So what we're going to talk about today is how to do that. How, what are some of the ways to promote? Um, you know, Facebook is getting interestingly weird as they're trying to adjust to the results of the last presidential election in the United States um, and trying to get rid of fake news and so forth and become interesting. Other ones are offering sales services. Is it worth the money? Brad, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, so uh, anytime you're promoting your work, yourself, or anything else like that, the only thing, that I, the biggest thing I would tell you is to uh, track down your audience. Uh, because, you know, Dave just fired off a ton of different places like Facebook and Twitter and all these other, you know, wonderful resources that I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about. Uh-huh. Um, but the point is, is that they all have different audiences. Uh, they all reach different people. Uh, so it's important to know who you're trying to reach, and then you can figure out the best strategy to reach them. Um, I think the, if I'm not mistaken, the title of this episode is How to Get Comfortable right. with comfortable Marketing. Yourself. And so what I would like to do is maybe identify what makes people uncomfortable about marketing first and then maybe tackle those and maybe de- debunk or demystify them uh, if we can. I have one. I'm an awkward social, social turtle and I don't like people. So how do I, <laughs> how do I get over that to promote myself? Okay, cool. So this is mostly question. In, in, oh, yeah, in face-to-face interactions. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Ryan, and then I'll get Lashonda next. Okay. Uh, the uh, two biggest things I've noticed, uh, whether I've been marketing books or it's been on the radio or it's been for real estate uh, that I help with as well, um, is to know your product and know your audience. It's two things. Well, I always teach to start your email because if you're going to get out here and promote, you have to have a way to capture people. And because you're the shy writer, your email is easier because you can put it out there and nobody got to see you. You, will, you know, you don't feel like you're 
beating people up. They got your stuff, you mm-hmm. know. So your email, your email list is probably the first thing that you should start before you even start promoting. Is setting that up, getting it ready. So when you put it out there, hey, this is my book. If you want to hear more information, join my mailing list. And one of the things I've learned, and I'm coming to you next, Jen. One of the things I've learned, this is with newsletters as well as with blogs, if you do write a blog. Writers tend to write about what we know. Writing. Your audience, unless they are writers, don't care about it. They want a good book. So share something with them that is not author-ish. Like, this is how I remove all my... um, with, with my just <laughs> yes. as, as your favorite once I look over to Jen. I Go ahead. Just. Yes. Terrible word. <laughs> Jen and then um, Kathleen. I we're talking about newsletters now. Uh, what are some newsletter services that our gurus suggest for our audience, perhaps to use to set up their newsletter or to promote their newsletter? Um, I I've used Constant Contact for years. It's kind of expensive because you pay for it. Um, I just started when I. Started my own little Shonda thing. <laughs> I use uh, Mad Mimi. It's very user friendly. Um, everybody talks about using um, Mailchimp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, at the time when I started my own mailing list, um, Mailchimp was not very user friendly. Now it's, it's gotten a little better with how you can. They actually have mm-hmm. newsletter templates and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And if you don't know how to set stuff up like that, I would get a service that has templates. So all you do is cut, copy and paste and throw it in there. I tell my, I, I work with a lot of people and I tell them all the time, simple, very simple, keep it simple. People want to do this 15 page newsletter. <laughs> I just, I just sent the newsletter out today, uh, Friday. I put in there because I want to talk about the newsletter. They have a new rule about putting people on your newsletter. So you want to make sure that you people are opting in. Give them the opt-in. Most people do on that. But they had a lot of issues with people overseas not doing that. People just dropping them in. So make sure people are opting in. You're not just capturing their names and putting them on your newsletter. <laughs> Opt them in. And then make sure that you're doing something simple. I, I All I did was put a link to my blog. I said, hey, this is my blog. Check out my blog I'm doing. This is my um, video that I'm doing. And, hey, this is this is what I'm having coming up, my summit coming up. Bam, three little things, sent it out. I, I got a message from somebody. She said, oh, my God, how come you didn't tell me I could do a newsletter this small? <laughs> you know, keep it simple. So why didn't you tell me? No, <laughs> actually, I'm being serious with that. But um, just real fast, and then I'm hopping back over to Bob to finish up the answer. I've got 13 email addresses. Okay, between everything I do, mm-hmm. I guess two of them are, are St. Louis Writers Guild related. And speaking as president of St. Louis Writers Guild, I get a lot of emails that somehow we've gotten put onto some list that we never had the opt-in for, never heard of before, and it tends to honk us off. But so go ahead. Uh, to, for, just for the sake of defining terms, uh, what is an opt-in? An opt-in means... Uh, LaShonda says, yes, I want to get into your newsletter. You're gonna, I'm going to give you my email. I'm going to go through, and then they're going to send me a message back that says, hey, LaShonda, thank you for joining my mailing list. Do you still want to join it? Yes. <laughs> and, and then it goes through. That's the opt-in. When you get on people's newsletters, usually because they got your email, uh-huh. and that's the reason that they came up with this system uh-huh. because people in, in uh, Europe were having, you know, you're getting 50, I get 50, probably 50, Emails a day, mailing uh-huh. a newsletters a day that nobody can read all that stuff. But 
people they get hey LaShonda I got your email I'm going to send you my email my mailing list that's a no no and that's the rule that you can get the, the fine is $25,000 I was like EU data regulation <laughs> yes <laughs> and I was like oh okay but I don't add people to my stuff so I don't have that issue but there's a lot of people who go to events you go to events you get people to sign up on your this is where you're going to have the issue people sign up on your because I used to teach this put get you a little mailing list have people sign up and tell them you're going to join the mailing list. You can't do that anymore. You can't actually put somebody's email into your mailing list. Oh, okay. You have to have them opt in. So my suggestion is most of the mailing lists have a telephone or text. You can say, hey, text your information to me. That's opting them in. Uh-huh. You're not typing it in, and everybody's happy. Uh, MailChimp was- allows you to type in people's email. And then it sends them the opt-in email it's that way. You want the opt-in. So you, the you can still keep a paper point. list at a live event, which is a very helpful thing to do if you have a table somewhere. But it still lets you do, it still sends, automatically sends an opt-in email to whatever gets put in their little uh, field on the front of the MailChimp site. So. Okay, I've got Bob and then Ryan. Bob? Um, so I just want to go back a couple of topics regarding this discomfort with marketing. Yes. I think the I think what we're, we kind of were veering toward earlier was that you should cater to your communication strengths. Uh-huh. So if you are uncomfortable in, in social situations, then maybe, yeah, then we're, we're talking to writers and authors, so I assume you feel comfortable with the written word. So like, yeah, we were saying, use email, use uh, Facebook posts, blogs. Um, and also regarding this discomfort in social situations, uh, I have a feeling it's tied into like one of the number one things that I've heard over the years why people are uncomfortable with marketing. They say, oh, I don't like talking about myself. I don't like boasting. And here's the good news. Effective marketing has nothing to do with boasting or talking <laughs> about yourself. It's really about what's in it for the other person. Um, and so focusing on what you have that's of value to other people and in social situations, don't talk about yourself. Be, be like a curious journalist or something and, and ask people about them. People love to talk about themselves. And so if you give them the opportunity, even though they do miss the talking, they'll walk away from that and go, you're a great conversationalist. You know? <laughs> <laughs> even though you've already said a word. Yeah. So that's my two cents. Okay, I had Kathleen and a Ryan. And Ryan, were you a dovetail or sign up? Dovetail. <laughs> okay. And then Kathleen, you're a dovetail as well. So Ryan and then Kathleen and then Brad's over here with another subject. Go ahead. Okay. Well, something that I wanted to ask our uh, our gurus in, uh, in in line with uh, email marketing for authors is that uh, what can you can you explain what kind of tool having an email campaign for an author is? What was the question? What kind of tool the email having that email <laughs> newsletter is? What should authors be using an email campaign uh, oh. with promoting themselves or, or their books or however? So what should be in the newsletters? What I think you're trying to tell me. Yeah, how, how should they be using it? How how we should how they how the writer should use the email campaign? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Okay. So. Um, there's many ways that you can use your campaign. If you are this is your first book, then you want to make sure you're getting people letting people know your first book is coming out. You can do a little snippet of your book, let people know. That you, um, what the book is about. You can do a blurb. You can do the book release, a uh, picture, the cover release. Let people see what the cover looks like. Um, you can, it's so many, it's so many different yeah. things you can do with Essentially, with it's about keeping in touch. Yes. With your readers. Yes. And that, that's what your email is all about. So any, anytime you're doing an email, newsletter, marketing campaign, 
It's about maintaining contact with your readers. Uh, they read your book, and then they move on. Uh, but, uh, as those of us who, you know, stalk George R. R. Martin or Neil Gaiman or any of these other greats, um, you know, we, 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 you know, kind of like salivate for any little clue, any little thing that's going to come out of the author. That may not happen for you right away, uh, but the point is it's about maintaining that contact with your readers uh, and then getting stuff out, like a cover reveal for your next book or, you know, some sale you've got going on because Amazon's dropped the price for, you know, put a sale price on it or something. There's a ton of reasons why you'll want to contact your readers. This is the most direct way of doing it. Or that you're going to be at a certain con or yeah. something else. Some Appearances, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's all re- kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. But it's all about maintaining that contact. Right. So I have Kathleen. So I, I do want to bring it back, though, to, to the... We, we seem to be vacillating between methods of promoting your work and how to be comfortable doing those in the yeah, first place. And I right. would like to, to stay on being comfortable first. Okay. Because... Um, like, it's well and good to know methods of doing these things, but if you're not comfortable doing it in the first place, that information is not going to help you. So, um, back to your question, um, I, I've been repeatedly, you know, taught growing up, you know, it's rude to talk about yourself or it's rude to monopolize conversation. So in my intro, I, I skip things about myself because I'm like, okay, like say three things and pass the torch, like pass on, you know? So, I mean, that the intro to this episode is where we say what our authority is mm-hmm. to be able to talk about the podcast. But even there, I don't feel comfortable saying things about myself that would give me authority. Mm-hmm. So, how do you, even in the place where you're supposed to promote yourself, you don't, how do you get comfortable doing that? Like, well, the, okay, I, uh, so, the, so like, like anything, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. It's just like public speaking. You can't intellectualize getting good at public speaking or meditate. You can meditate on it, but until you just get in front of a crowd over and over. Um, so that's one aspect of it. I think there's two things. One is realizing the value that you deliver to people. So I've done these things called the Empowered Artist Workshops where I take people through a process that reminds them of all the examples in their lives when their writing or their music or their art has touched people, when they've gotten direct feedback from, I mean, I'm sure, have you, Kathleen, gotten people, I love that book, I love that story, it really touched me, it made me cry, it made me laugh, have you heard feedback like that? I deflect. <laughs> you deflect? I deflect. Someone tried to tell me that at WizCon and I immediately deflected. Oh, see? It was like... She did. I was like an ninja. I didn't know I was capable of such quick deflection, but immediate. Wow. Okay. So, the, so, the, so from now on, just here's real, real simple. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and accept it. Now you don't have to like bask in it or think that you're better than anybody else. But, yes, but, but, but yeah, but but accept it. But yeah, and you, but embrace that, and that's the fuel that he used to, to to spread that message to more people. For that feeling to more people. Let me let me explain yeah. to the audience why you hear some people giggling. Yeah, I'm laughing, I'm laughing underneath my yeah. underneath my breath here. And there's a whole if we were videotaping this, you could see uh, Chanel making these faces at Kathleen, going, "Yep, I told you this. I told you. <laughs> see, I told you this. <laughs> it's hilarious. hilarious. It's hypocrisy right now. I am. That's why I'm laughing so hard because I'm gonna tell you a story. WizCon, there was a panel. In which they were talking about, um, uh, a, a Kathleen thing came up in the panel. 
This is not what I thought you were going to talk about. <laughs> oh, we're, get, we're getting there. It's coming full circle. Um, but Kathleen Finn came up in a, in a panel, and I was, and they're like, "Is she here?" And I'm like, "No, she's not." But here's what I'm gonna do: I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna tell you all the great things Kathleen's been doing with her time. This story, this story, this story. Catch her in this anthology. Look for her in this magazine. And then we leave, and we come outside, and there's a, a YouTuber who wants, who's like, "Hey, Chanel, you wanna um, do an interview?" And I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like, yeah, you right. I'm like, interview Kathleen. Interview Kathleen's got a bunch of really good stuff out right now. Go ahead, interview Kathleen. Well, I want to interview you too. And I'm like, no, you don't. Please don't. Just interview Kathleen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm laughing through the tears because I, I, I really can't talk, but it's a, it's a, it's a thing for both of us. <laughs> Uh, real quick to keep going with uh, Bob's thing on, you know, reasons why we don't uh, jump into marketing. So uh, those of you who have listened to this for a long time know that I used to be in publishing. And when I was in publishing, one of my many jobs was being uh, the manager of the authors within the uh, house. And that meant sitting down with all of them before their book launched to discuss a marketing strategy and all of those kinds of fun things. And the number one thing I found is a, I guess the easiest way of putting it is a, a lack of willingness to engage in the giant conversations that are going on in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as I would explain, you've written a book. I don't care what subject that book's on, you're now an expert in something. Mm-hmm. Simply because you wrote that book. Which means there are now larger conversations going on in the world for which you can now participate because you have credibility. And some of these books, you know, that came out of our house, um, you know, national conversations were going on at that moment where these authors could have gotten on CNN and talked about, you know, uh, things that are going on in the world as of right now. Uh, but there was a real lack to do any of that. And, and a sense of almost uh, that that's not the way an author should go. But if you look at the big authors who do things, they're running constantly to morning shows or to The Daily Show or something like that. You might not be able to get on TV that way, but I guarantee you there is a way beyond just going by my book that you can engage in a conversation into the larger community around you. And it could be if you've got... So we had a book that was set... It was a nostalgic book uh, set in Michigan. Um, nothing more than that. However, what we did was convince this guy what he needed to do was get up there during Michigan's vacation season Mm -hmm. and hit all the bookstores around town and say, hey, I have this really nostalgic book for Michigan's, you know, like 50 years ago in Michigan, uh, going up there and enjoying themselves. And, you know, it's a whole tale of, you know, kind of, uh, yesteryear. Uh, and basically what we ended up doing was kind of reaching out to a bunch of bookstores, reaching out to a bunch of magazines, newspapers, and everything like that. The author ended up going up during the summer and spending several weeks going all over, giving talks, doing book signings, and, you know, doing columns for the local paper, doing a magazine article for the travel magazine section of one of the magazines up there in Michigan. Uh, and all of that ended up being a huge amount of sales. Now, if, you know, the author hadn't been willing to engage in that, all of those sales would have been lost. And the thing is, is that, you know, by knowing how to target that book and knowing where that audience resides, you can, you know, engage in a larger conversation or join a community 
anyway, number of ways like that. But it's a huge thing you can do that a lot of authors don't think about because we think about, oh, I need to tweet, you need to buy my book. <laughs> you know, I need to uh, get a book bub ad or, you know, do something like that. That's the way authors tend to think about marketing. But if you've written a really hard-hitting book, uh, and this is one um, to throw out there, was Fail, uh, which was all about St. Louis's um, the, the breakdown of the corrupt police force here in St. Louis. Um, that book came out right as St. Louis erupted. And I tried to get him to engage in that conversation. It was going on at Left Bank Books, it was going on everywhere, and he really didn't want to do it. Um, he kind of shied away from it, stepped away from it, and the book did not sell very well. I mean, it sold great in terms of, you know, but it could have been much, much bigger. And it was an opportunity lost. But to, the reality is, there are these paths you can walk down that you won't necessarily think of, but because you've written a book, you're a part of this in community. You're a part of this giant conversation going on. Even if it's just what's happening in science fiction right now. Um, and uh, along those lines, I just wanted to encourage uh, everyone, all the writers out there who, you know, maybe you don't have a region you've written about. It's not a memoir about Michigan or whatever, and you're struggling to think of how you can apply to things. Um, there's uh, a client, one of my very first clients, shout out to Tim Hill. Uh, he's written a, a trilogy of books about a crab. And he, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a picture book about a crab and about so, different aspects of bullying. And he got himself onto local television by calling the right person, you know, calling up and saying, hey, I got a book about bullying. I'd like to talk about awareness about bullying and bring my book in as a local person. Just the only real tie he had to that channel and the programming happening that day was that he lived in the region that became an interest piece. They said, sure, show up at 5 a.m., we'll put you on TV. Uh, he did that a couple times, and I was super impressed with that. And it, was, it wasn't like he had to know someone who knew someone who knew someone. Yeah. And it wasn't like he had to wait specifically for Crab Day. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have to travel to Florida to talk about crabs. But National Crab, crab Day would be a really good it day would be to a push good the place. Place. <laughs> and, uh, but just you can, <laughs> you, you can you don't have to be an activist to talk about something if you whatever inspired your book or perhaps it's even your story you want to talk about what it was like what you overcame to become an author and publish your book uh, just you know pitch that pitch an article to a local paper to your local patch if you have a patch in your region or or a neighborhood blog think beyond that uh, think, Huffington Post yeah one like of those. submit to blog uh to ah, what's the what's the place? Uh, Buzzfeed. Yes, Buzzfeed. you can submit an article to Buzzfeed without any like just you're by yourself. You can just write it up and submit it. It's up to them if they want to list it. But if you write it well, you have a shot, and there's no harm in trying. You're not paying anything. Given some of the things I've seen on Buzzfeed, you have a pretty good shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am considered the queen of promotion, that and I published are. my book in 2015, and was scared to death. <laughs> Of promoting my book. I can promote your book. You, I can talk about your book. I can talk about your mm -hmm. book. But I couldn't talk about my book. Mm -hmm. And it freaked me out. I was scared. I talk about fear all the time because it's something that we all do. Nobody mm -hmm. talks about it, but we all are scared of something. Mm -hmm. You know, and so promotion was scary for me because who am I? How am I going to talk about pr promotion? 
you know, I've been doing it for 18 years, but I still was like, who am I? I'm just Shonda. You know, so that freaked me out. So I had to sit down and write down what freaked me out about telling people about my book. I wrote it down. Nobody's going to buy my book. That was my first big fear was nobody's going to buy it. And then Kindle showed me somebody bought it. <laughs> you know, so I jumped over that fear. You know, nobody's going to talk to me about my book. Somebody sent me an email talking about the book. So, you know, you have to tackle each little fear that you have. One of the things as a writer is you got to get past the fear of talking about your book. Because if you don't talk about your book, nobody knows about it. Your friend is not responsible for talking about your book. You are responsible for talking about your book, even if it's scary. My, I, one of the ladies told me one time at a conference, she said, LaShonda, I become somebody else. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she was oh, Sister God. Fierce. She comes out and she's mm. Sister Fierce. When she goes to any conferences, when she goes to any events, she's not LaShonda. She's somebody else. So that's what I do. I, I become the social butterfly. I just put it on. I'm, hey, I'm scared to death. I'm shaking right now. But I do what I got to do because I want somebody to know about my book. I want somebody to buy my book. So when you... You are gonna have fears. You're gonna always be scared about doing something. Doing an interview, you gotta do that first one. The first one is the scariest one. You get that first one, you it. My biggest fear was to go into video. I do. I've been doing back stuff behind the camera for years, radio, different things, and then live streaming came on. Everybody, their mom said, "Do live streaming." I was like. Uh, <laughs> I sound like Minnie Mouse. I look like Minnie Mouse. There's no way I'm getting in front of the camera. I don't wear makeup. I wear, I wear lips, lip gloss now. I don't wear, I, my hair. I was like, no way. But I realized that that was, I'm, I'm always about when it comes to promotion, being on top of what's going, what's new, what's new, do the new stuff. I couldn't get the writers to come over there. Now they're like, let me show you what I need to do. You done missed the boat. It went on to something else. You know? But live streaming was scary. And they said, just do. I went on there. I had one person come into I did Periscope. One person came in there. I got one heart. You know how many hearts you're supposed to get. I got one. Oh. One person, one heart. I thought I was going on. <laughs> I didn't do it. You know, and I was like, oh my God, I got it. I, I did it. Bam. Then I said, okay, I'm going to do it again. Then I, you have to be consistent. That's the thing. If you only do it one time, you're not going to continue to do it. Do the stuff that scares you first. I tell my clients that all the time. Do what scares you. Because as a writer, it's going to scare you to death. Every time you put out a book, because I said, well, when does that go away? When does that fear go away that you put a book out and ain't nobody going to buy it? They're like, that don't never go away. I did 50 books and that don't never go away. You don't never know. So I was like, okay, well, that's going to be there. Because I I wrote a book in 2015. Ask me how I wrote another one. No. <laughs> now I'm like, I got a book out there. They're going to be talking about me like a dog. Now, I ain't doing it. But then I realized, this is your dream. If you, you, you've been waiting forever. Do your dream. Do what scares you. So I'm pushing. I'm doing a middle grade uh, science for the. I didn't even talk about this. See, I'm just like her. I just yeah. talked about a little stuff. But <laughs> you, you have to get past that. Create your little cheat sheet. When they say introduce yourself, put your cheat sheet in front of you. You know what to say. You're ready to say what they want. What the, to say, and then you go from there, and you get better each time you do it. Every time you get up there, you say who you are. Who are you? He pulled out everything from each one of y'all. I, I, I listened to him. None of y'all plugged yourself. He pulled it out. He pulled it out. But that's what a good a host does. And then you know, next time, oh man, let me talk about that. I didn't talk nothing about that. I write. You didn't even know I was a writer other than doing the the book. You know, and so you you as you get better at it, you pull it out. You pull it out. 
and and the fear the fear is gonna be there. Mm-hmm. That's one of the lessons that I learned about fear that it's always there. But you can beat it, and that's what I say. I kick fear off the couch, and we gonna do what I gotta do. So you gonna be big. You got to you got to get past that fear. People want to interview you. I want to interview you. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go myself, Ryan, then Brad. I'm gonna be very short. I don't know if anyone's had dovetail up. I didn't. And then I do have a different thing that holds to hold back. Um, but after everybody's dovetail. First off, um, in my world, fear. I face it in two places, and right now I'm fighting with one with my writing, period. <clears throat> what you described is what we call in martial arts, at least in my school of martial arts, is externalizing it. Move it outside of yourself. Yes, and you still have it. Mm-hmm. But you're, you have a fear, but I'm going to do what I need to do to do it. Um, there's a runner out there. Uh, <laughs> calling him a runner is probably the worst insult I can call him, even though he's a runner. David Goggins. Um, I don't know if anybody here knows him. He is a man who was went through high school, African American man, went through high school in a town that was run by the KKK. Um, he was very extremely heavyweight when he was growing up. Um, he eventually did figure out how to lose the weight and went into the Navy. Eventually went to SEALs, passed Buds. Went on. Um, eventually, apparently, during Buds, he was running on broken legs. Um, he, I don't know if that's accurate or not. I know he was at one point in time. No, I'm sorry. That was his first marathon. I jumped. He eventually would go on to various other special forces training beyond just the Navy SEALs. He lost so much weight before he even did this. And what he said is, he couldn't do it as himself. He had to establish this outside character named David Goggins. And that's how he did it. So Brian, Brad, and then I'm going to throw a different throw a different problem with promotion at you. Go ahead, Ryan. Okay. Well, one of the things I was going to say, uh, kind of uh, right along with what was being talked about just a little bit ago, is um, the more you say what you need to say about your book, the more that you uh, uh, get out what you need to get out about uh, what's going on, whatever you're doing, what the next big thing is, easier it becomes. Um, I, I learned this, you know, through through doing marketing for for years. But also, um, I love hand selling because, like I've told people before, when do I get to dress up in armor, go to the mall, yell at people, and make money? You know, you've lost the, off the kill. The more, the more, the more you you, uh, you say your your thing, what your book is about, why it's cool, why it's amazing, why it's fun. The, the more the more you say it, the, the, the better you get at it. And the more fun you can have when you really get into it, you let yourself get into it. Ryan became a writer because he kept getting arrested. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, you know. what I wanted to throw out, actually, uh, to Lashana's point, is um, so my friends and others uh, refer to it as author Brad. And it is an entirely other personality um, that I'm aware of and I've been aware of for years because uh, it is the stage personality. So it's the the kind of persona, the facade that I created when I was on stage um, and the ability to project and not care and put that forward. What I find funny about it now is I've been called out where I'm hanging in a bar with my friends and we are sitting around at a table just enjoying ourselves and somebody new will come up and I will be introduced as an author. Instantly, a lot of times, that will be like, oh, what do you write? 
suddenly there is a snap and I am now a totally different person who is selling this book to this person. And my friends will laugh their butts off at it or check in on it or be like, you know, call me on it later after the person has left or something like that. It is amusing the amount of times this has happened to me. Um, you know, I remember the last time I was up in D.C. Um, and I got introduced. I walked in with my friends and I get introduced to a bar of people and suddenly I'm an entirely different person for the next 10 minutes. And they called me out on it and they were like, you know, and I was like, yeah, that's author Brad. He pops out every so often. <laughs> and it's just one of those things. But in doing so, it allows the introverted me to remain the introverted me who kind of just wants to stay in his cave and type all day. Uh, and then knowing that I can be out there and be, um, you know, forward and a facade that people embrace. And the odd thing is, is that uh, through this, you know, this facade gets a lot of praise for being open and energetic and fun and exciting and all these other kinds of things. I find all of that incredibly tiring. So for me, like getting through all that workshop and doing all that kind of fun stuff and being that author Brad is a persona that comes forward and I put forward specifically to the world as a almost a shield for the rest of me. So I, I highly recommend it. It's a big acting trick too. Uh, if you want to read up on it, uh, you can definitely find a lot of information on this kind of stuff. Lashonda, um, I want to say I want to speak back to the to. The, the scared writer. And one of the things is... One of the things that you have to know is what is it that you want to do? When I, I do what I call a virtual tea and I sit and chat with, with authors, a lot of people, like I said, I was scared of death of being a camera. You can't force a person to get in front of the camera if that's not something they want to do. And you also cannot force a person to do an interview. I say that to you, just do the first one, because I think you're ready. If you're doing this, you're ready for an interview. But um, you can't force a person, because you'll get yes, no. You won't get a conversation out of them. I have done people who came to me, and they wanted, oh, I want to do an interview, and it's like pulling teeth. That's, that's not good for your marketing, and it's not good for my marketing. And so you need to find what you are comfortable with. Maybe writing a blog is what you're comfortable with. Rock that blog. That's what you want to do. If you feel comfortable doing TV, do TV. Because if you don't feel comfortable doing it, guess what? You're going to look like an idiot sitting there with your life like this. You know what I mean? And you don't want that. You want, you, want, you want your promotion. I always say you want to do the fun stuff in promotion. If you don't have, find it fun... You won't do it. You got a newsletter and it's Lashana and newsletter get on my nerve every time I gotta put it together. You're not gonna put it together. So if, if same way with the blog. People I have friend that blog every day and then she started writing, she got big and with her famous writing and stuff, and she stopped blogging. Now I was like, that's how we got you with the blog. And she, but she's she completely stopped it because it wasn't fun for her anymore. And so find, this is what I say. Find what you love that's fun with promotion. Find the fun stuff. And that's what you do. If it's three things, rock those three things. If you love Facebook, do Facebook. If you hate Twitter, get off of it. Why are you on it if you don't like it? So find the fun stuff. And that's what you do in promotion. Don't listen to people to tell you what you got to do because yeah. you don't have to do anything. Mm. <laughs> that are breathe and pay taxes. <laughs> I love everything that you just said. And just just to kind of just to reinforce that earlier, we talked about hats, wearing different, mm -hmm. different hats. And so a common thing that I've heard in my 20, 25 years of 
talking to people about marketing, um, is that they feel like they have to shift out of author or creative mode. they got to go into business mode and get all <laughs> serious when it comes to their marketing. Um, and I think that you can bring some... So, and I used to feel that way, uh, but I, my life is a lot more integrated now. I do play a little bit of a character, but it's become more and more part of my natural self. Um, uh, but, uh, but yes, bring the... You can't... Why not... Have fun and be creative with the marketing, with the promotion, so that maybe you have you reframe what Twitter and Facebook are, and you get on more friendly terms with it. Um, so yeah, I just I just wanted to, to to hit that home. Perfect, and yeah. also too, usually the more creative you are, the more it's remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm going to throw fear, and I'm going to I'm going to say one last thing on fear, and then I do want to throw out the other issue. So, <laughs> um, one thing I do a lot of public speaking. I have most of my adult life. Um, and affecting before that, and also when I did martial arts, I did do sports karate for a while, so doing kata in front of people, I mean, come on, you got a couple hundred people staring at you, doing all this, what, what to an outsider looks like weird stuff, um, and you're trying to make it perfect, and not to mention also the fighting I did. If I don't feel fear, and every time I did this, I wanted to go to the bathroom before I started jumping in there, and I still, to this day, want to, beforehand. If I don't feel that fear, there's something's wrong. So I've turned that fear into a warning signal to myself. Um, another problem that sometimes promoting yourself runs into, we've talked about fear for a long time here. I'm going to throw something else out. Time management. Um, you know, you don't, you've got a job. This is, okay, I don't have this job anymore. But I had a job that, for what, Melanie, we should say five months out of the year, I was pretty much almost... Seven days a week, seven in the morning till two in the morning, go to sleep and repeat. And you couldn't get away. And even when I was at a conference, God, I still remember this, in front of PNWA, I had 38 editors and agents sitting there. Some of them are Random House and Penguin. That's before they merged. And I'm having to answer work calls. I was simply on vacation. I'm having to work in front of these people while I'm trying to listen to stuff that's from my career. So how... When, 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 when time becomes the issue, what, what are some suggestions of things to do? Uh, for, oh, go ahead. for me, I have used the 15 minute because I, I'm a mom. I work a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I do sore meg. And then I say I'm all right. <laughs> so that's four hats, you know. And, um, I, you know, and it's, oh, and I'm, I, like, I'm considered a consultant, promotion coach. With, so that's why. And it's hard for me when I go to work. I do eight hours there, and I, by the time I get home, I'm on the couch. And I have spent twenty years sitting on the couch because I'm tired, you know. And I realized that I was never going to see the book dream because I'm sitting on the couch watching TV, trying to unfry my mind from the day. And so what I started doing to finish my first book was fifteen minutes. I got a fifteen minute break at work. I have fifteen minutes in the morning, and I have fifteen minutes in the afternoon, and that's when I run. I and I concentrated 15 minutes of writing. And so that has that works for me. So I use it for everything. <laughs> 15 minutes of promotion. Hey, I'm sitting at the car at the uh, bus stop waiting on the bus to come for my kid. I'm doing a little promotion for 15 minutes. There's time to, for the bus to come. You know, I'm at the doctor's. I'm waiting at the doctor. That's 15 minutes. I can do some more promoting. You know, I can do a writing letter. I love having the iPhone. I, I, I access my computer. I sit at, I'm, I'm at the doctor waiting on my husband. He's at the doctor. I'm waiting. I can send five letters out using my phone, 15 minutes. And so when people tell me they don't have time, I go, 
15 minutes. That's all you need. And they look at me, Michelle, 15 minutes. Not, 15 minutes is a lot. It's a lot if you focus on 15 minutes. Most of the time, you're just playing with your time, wasting time. And so you take 15 minutes, even if it's just 15 minutes for one, you got you. It pushes you forward. And that's my goal is to go forward. I'm at 200 page, 250 of um, my manuscript, revising it. So I'm like, 15 minutes, that's just five pages every day. I'm getting closer to the end. You know, and that's what you have to look at going forward. I've spent so much time not finishing a book because I was like, uh, it's taking forever. You know, instead of just moving forward, you know. So 15 minutes. I'm going to go Bob, Brad, Ryan. So I'll answer this question just by referring back to some other ones. And I assume when you refer to time management, you're off, you're addressing like this time starred, we're all, we're overwhelmed, we're, we don't know where you focus your time. Yeah. Um, and so one, knowing your communication strength, knowing what that, what mode, is it, is it the written word? Is it something visual? Is it you on camera? Whatever that is, uh, focus on that. And also the fun factor. What are you excited about doing? I'm just going to reference back because that's an important way to decide what to focus your time on. So you do not have to be, you should not be on every site. You can maybe have a profile there, but the thing you spend your time, you've picked one or two platforms to focus your attention on and sort of dominate. Um, and so, you, of course, your communication style is going to determine whether that's YouTube or a, or a blog or, what, or whatever. And so focus on that one thing. Uh, put it on the calendar, whether it's 15 minutes or more. If it's not on the calendar, it doesn't really exist. It's just a vague idea in your head. Mm-hmm. So schedule times throughout your week, uh, even if you only have 15 minutes or 30 minutes, to, to do that marketing on that preferred primary platform um, and just get in the habit of doing it and try to make it fun. <laughs> Brad, Ryan, and anybody else. Actually, those are really great things. It's what? It's habit over... There's a great saying. I can't remember the other age, though. Anyway, uh, what I wanted to throw out is, uh, is a great thing to remember when you are promoting, um, and then kind of especially in this climate, is positivity. Um, and I don't just mean positivity about your own book. I'm obviously saying this book sucks. It's not a good way of selling your book. But um, staying positive in the messages that you send out. Um, you can rip into other authors if you want, but it's a horrible idea. Because, um, you know, one, these people are hardworking too, and, you know, there's all this stuff going on in the world, and the publishing world, I mean. But, um Point being is that we are a small group of, uh, you know, writers and, and artists and all that kind of stuff, and we we all talk. And more importantly, on social media, we're all connected to each other, so we all see it. Um, when you rip into somebody, when you're, you know, outing somebody's gossip, when you're, you know, calling somebody out, when you're doing all this kind of negative stuff online, um, it's really just bringing the wrong kind of attention to you. It's not bringing a reader to you. It's bringing somebody who wants to read salacious gossip from you or somebody who wants to join in on this fisticuffs or something like that. None of that's a reader. Uh, and that's the whole point of this. But if you remain positive about your messages and if you're positive and upbeat and everything that goes on, um, that kind of message goes out into the world and that can be very good to give back. So, you know, it's a lot of the people say, send out the vibes that you want to come back at you and things like that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the reality is, it's if you maintain that positivity, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that is attracted to. You know, people are attracted to. People are going to come to you to get that uh, affirmation of the day, so to speak. Um, one of the reasons I love Paulo Coho is because uh, he is so, uh, you know, kind of wise of the world. And, you know, every other day or something, I'm getting wise words from him and upbeat stuff and um, it makes me check his Instagram every you know, day and, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, 
know that, and then also the same goes for your book itself, uh, maintaining that positivity about that book. It is not necessarily the greatest book ever written. Don't say that, because that's probably not true. Uh, but do say that this book is exciting. This book is great. People love this book. You know, talk about the positive things of it. Talk about things that stand out from other books. Uh, that is a great way of selling your uh, work without actually having to say, you know, buy my book, please. <laughs> yeah, don't just say buy my book. We all we've had a conversation multiple times, Ryan. Um, I definitely found that um, um, letting letting your marketing like don't think of it as marketing. Think of it as an extension of yourself. Um, you, you you wrote something that that means that means something. I mean, you wouldn't have kept writing if it didn't. Um, you want to be excited about it, you know. And yeah, you need to keep helping spread the word when you can uh, and finding out, you know. Who specifically loves your book, your your book, and then who you can work with and kind of get hooked into it. But but it, it ought to be it ought to be something that's like an extension of you. It ought to be something that's that's that you look forward to. Um, I mean, it can be work, I guess, sometimes, but um, it should be something that you're excited for. Something that that's genuine. Um, when I was in theater in high school, we'd go up for the International Denver Testing Conference and. And I learned that, you know, there's two, there's, there's these two major schools of, of, of acting. There's those where you, you can tell people are acting, and then there's the other school where you can't. And, and I love the school where you can't. The person just being themselves. They've assumed the character. Um, you can suck people into a story. You can help communicate something that is profound uh, uh, best that way, I think. Um, and that's what you're doing. Uh, you're doing that with your book. You're doing that with you, your beliefs, your ideas, everything. I'm going to throw something out here, and then I'm, I'm going to segue right back to something that Bob has been known to say. <laughs> I'm probably going to paraphrase it because I don't have your exact quote. The quote of a Bob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got him in the room. I've, I've, yeah, I've got him in the room, and I'll let him take it over and correct me where I go wrong. Um, in ancient Greece, first is where I'm going to start off before I can get to Bob. In ancient Greece, the concept of a muse that we all rely on was there was something external to you. It was something giving you this art, the story, the sculpture, the painting, whatever. Um, and I don't know if they were right or if we are right with something inside of ourselves. But to borrow from Bob, something's come to you. The world needs your creativity, needs what you just created. How dare you? I, mean, I know you don't say this part, so this is me. <laughs> How dare you be that selfish to hold it back? Right. So... With that, um, any final things on how to promote yourself? What's what's holding you back? Anything? And go, go ahead. <laughs> With whatever. So that yeah, I know we've already beaten fear over the head. Yeah, but I just want to reemphasize: there's no such thing as being fearless. You hear that word? Amen. No one is fearless. We all hear it. I still have those voices in my head. We just learn to get on friendly terms with it. We can yell at it. We can turn it into a weird voice. You know, give it a, make it make it a character. Um, but but yes. Yeah, so so that's another thing I mentioned that empowered artist workshop that, and, and realizing that, that I do where I take people through a process that makes them realize the value that they bring to the world. But I also uh, I can't remember if any of you have been through that process but it doesn't matter um, uh, but but a lot of people one of the one of the reasons that they're uncomfortable with marketing because they feel that they're being selfish or self-centered when they market themselves and so they then clamp down play small because they don't want to be selfish but who but when are you more selfish or selfless 
when you're sharing this gift, like when you know that you touch people with your with your craft, um, whole keeping it, stopping it from spreading, keeping it to yourself, that's more selfish than any type of marketing that you could do. That's that's so. I'm just gonna yeah, kind of perfect. Yes, I'm gonna go with Kathleen and then Jen, and Jen might close us out. Um, I was going to say, uh, Lashonda, earlier you said that you wrote down the list of your fears to kind of. And we're all writers here. Like that—that that sounds like a very helpful thing that a writer could do. If, you, if you're not sure what's blocking you about being comfortable self-promoting, like write write it down. Just just journal about it and uh-huh. get those fears in written format that you can read and then start attacking head on. The other thing is, Lashonda, you mentioned you you do consulting for for publicity, and I mean, if you can find someone like that, like hire them. Or trade for their services. Like, there are people, like Brad did this with his work. He's really good at self-promotion. I would hazard a guess one of the reasons he's so good is he did this for a living for part of it. So, I mean, if you know people who are good at this, get them to help you. Uh, you you had the question, how much, you know, like, you, you introduced this topic by what's holding you back and how do you... And uh, what's been holding me back for a while, the reason why I opened with the, you know, whatever book is supposed to be out by now, uh, is priorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just, you know, something inside of me decided that my work is not as important as the work I did for other people. Mm-hmm. And being a freelancer, I take on clients, I'm the only one responsible for that account. So, like, I have to finish that before I do my thing. But... Writing for all of us, or, or drawing, or music, or whatever you do, that is that is a part of you. It's also a part of your living, a part of you being alive and you experiencing the world and sharing with the world. It deserves priority. Make sure you treat it like if, if author Brad is a person, that is not you. Author Brad is your client, and it's time for you to give author Brad the time that he deserves. He's more like Mister Doctor High, Mister Jekyll and Doctor High. Well, he took too much of. I guess he's Mister High. So maybe you should ask him to take stock of the amount of people he's kidnapped. There you go. And deal with that. Uh, Don't let him get a little bit too crazy, you know. Uh, But that's, I guess, that's my my closing statement, which is. there's a lot of fear. There are a lot of strategies, different strategies you can take. Uh, find something that works for you, and also make sure that you give it the prestige it deserves within your life, because it does deserve to to be promoted. You deserve to promote yourself, not because of selfishness or ego or anything like that. You deserve it because it's a valuable thing. There you go. Good. And with that, we're going to end this when this episode of Right Back Radio. Normally, I don't do this, but tune in next week. Because we're going to talk about how to track your promotion, find out what's actually working, and so forth. Stay tuned, and thank you for listening. Please share it. Please share this with your author friends. Like us on Facebook and whatever platform you're hearing this on. Take care. The new theme songs for Right Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her.